Welcome to the Adonis Index Podcast. I'm John Barbin. With me is Chris Rag. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and he came in fifth. Go over, if you're listening on iTunes and you want to check out his his transformation, go over to AdonisIndex.com. Um, first of all, congratulations. Your after pictures are awesome. Um, just finished talking to Donna, your partner, and she, your partner in crime here, and she uh, said that you uh, helped with the pictures. And though you, so you guys did those on your own? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we we sort of bought a a cheap backdrop and lighting kit off Amazon. I think I think altogether it cost us like uh, just over a hundred pounds or something. Yeah, and that's those are really good picks. Like, if you'd have told me those were pro, I'd I'd believe it. So, um, it, and, and I want to pre- I want to explain to people that that's. Can you talk a bit about how you set that up and like what like did you look at any of our resources or talk to people in the community? Like, how did you? Because, like, I want people to realize they don't need to invest in a pro photographer to get a, as, a picture as good as yours. So if you could t- walk through how you learned to do it, you know, and how you ended up with that kind of presentation. Yeah, so um, um, so when we started off, um, we had, like, a, so as initial pictures were taken, like, with a, sort of a, a cheap sort of point-and-shoot type camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to use that for the final pictures, but we did some... Um, we did some preliminary shots like a few weeks before and they didn't turn out fantastic and we'd already decided that we were going to sort of do the pictures ourselves rather than pay somebody because we thought well like the the hundred or so pounds that it cost us for the bike drop and everything we'd easily pay that for a professional person to take photos for like half a day or whatever mm-hmm. um, so we thought well we might as well invest because I mean then we've got the equipment if we decide to do another competition in the future or anything like that so we um, I spoke to a few people on the forums because um, I know a few of the other guys had done their own pictures before hmm. um, and just asked and basically the consensus was you know, you just need sort of a cheap backdrop um, and some, some sort of lighting because obviously just using like a regular light is not going to give you enough um, sort of light to, to get good photos with hmm. so I did a bit of looking around and some of the kits were like obscenely expensive like some of the backdrops go for like hundreds of pounds alone just to get like professional backdrops and mm-hmm. um, so we just ended up going with like the sort of the cheapest frame possible that uh, and a cheap muslin black black muslin sort of backdrop and i think the, the actual backdrop itself was about 30 pounds or something um and it wasn't like a really big one because well we we set up in our living room to clear out most of the furniture, which took a while yeah. um, to set up with. Um, and so, yeah, we, we the week before we did as final pictures, we did sort of like a, a dry run. Um, and so we, we set up and did everything as though we were, we were going to do as final pictures um, so we could play around with the lighting and whatnot because we found it was quite difficult to get the lighting in the right place. Isn't it? Yeah. Were, yeah. were you surprised? So where do you have the light kind of coming from about a, right beside you sort of thing? Um, so what we did it well the lighting kit we got um so it was like two two lighting stands with like these reflective umbrella things so like the light hits the umbrella and bounces back i think to diffuse the light Mm -hmm. um and so we got two of them when we placed them in like one at the side Mm -hmm. one one directly at the side and then one like a bit like in between the camera and the person um to sort of like get an, an angle 
light from the angle. But like the photos that we took and with that setup didn't turn out very well. There was like too much light and you didn't really get any shadows or anything. So we had to play around with it a bit and we ended up we found that like the best way really was sort of to only use one of the lights and to have it so it was coming sort of not not directly from the side but sort of like from a bit of an angle. Mm-hmm. So it came sort of diagonally on. As compared to um, the, where the camera is, right? Yeah. And so did you still have it reflecting off of the umbrella, or did you just turn a light directly on you? Uh, we still had it uh, going off the umbrella because we found if it was if the if you just had the light going directly on the person, it kind of it, it was too directed. If that makes sense. Yeah, it wash you out. Yeah. Yeah. So it all depends on how strong the light is, I guess. Yeah. So I think they didn't like energy wise. They were like them energy saving type bulbs, so they're supposed to be like daylight spectrum. I think 5,000K or something. Mm. Um, and there was like three of them. So I think they were like 60-watt bulbs, but they were energy savings, so they were equivalent to like 200 watts or something like that. Mm. Yeah, uh, yep. So they were very, very bright. <laughs> and they still gave off quite a bit of heat, even though they were energy saving bulbs. Yeah, so. oh yeah. We've got a couple that are 500 watts, and and uh, they've got uh, they've got like the bar, they have like flaps, so you can like concentrate it to a thinner light beam or like open it up. Yeah. You know, and then if... And if you close the flap too too far closed, it'll just start melting. <laughs> so it's they get pretty hot, and then you end up just sweating like crazy if you're standing in front of them for too long. Like it'll heat up any room for sure. Yeah, well, I I, I certainly didn't need the lights for for producing sweat. I was that was a lot of hard work doing all the poses. Yeah, Donna was saying <laughs> that. So it's it's a lot of work. Like you guys, you're up there for hours, right? Yeah, I think Donna's went a bit quicker uh, than. Than what mine did. I think I was a bit more picky, and I wanted a lot more sh- shots. Mm-hmm. And especially because I think Donna, because like with the women, they're not really going so much for the definition of the muscles. Whereas with the men, I think you've got to get that angle like absolutely perfect. Otherwise, it goes from like you're looking okay to looking fantastic. Is like a one degree change in just like rotating slightly. It's, yeah, not, and that's the thing terrible. you don't know until you're up there looking at the pics. You don't realize yeah. like. You just turn the light slightly, or you turn your body slightly, and you're like, "Wait a minute, where's all the, where's all the definition I had like one, one, one photo ago?" And it really is that, that picky. So, like, yeah. were, you, were you surprised at how subtle a change? Like, you just twist a little bit, and you get the definition, or you don't? Were you surprised? I was, yeah, I was quite surprised because, like, obviously, as it got closer towards the end of the competition, uh, to, yeah, towards the end of the twelve weeks, like looking in the mirror, I'm like. Yeah, I'm looking pretty good and a lot better than I was when I like began this. Um, and I thought, well, taking pictures is going to be a doddle. And then when we actually started taking the pictures, and I'm looking like, that's not what I'm seeing in the mirror, and like that's not what my girlfriend's seeing when she looks at me. So either we like imagine it in our heads or something, or over proportioning it, or the the camera's sort of lying. But yeah, well, I, think- I just talked to her about that about the. What you see in the mirror is not what you see in the camera, even though you took the picture right next to the mirror. Yeah, so yeah, when we had our setup, we had a mirror like just below where the camera was so that we could pretty much see what the camera was seeing, if that makes sense. So like you could get your pose and then take the picture so that, because it's quite hard to, like I've been, we've both been sort of practicing poses in the mirror, been really vain, of course. (laughs) No, that's fine, man. That's, I mean, that's the whole point here. Yeah, um, and but it's still quite difficult to sort of like get that the pose just right. So yeah, we had the we bought a cheap mirror from 
um, Argos. I don't. I guess it's, that's a UK company. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Like a you big... can get one for like around here. You can get a mirror for ten bucks that shows your whole body. And then what we, we do is we put it, and it sounds like you did it too. You just have the mirror literally right behind the camera, so you can look yeah. and see what the camera's seeing. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we did because, especially for Donna, Donna was really struggling like getting some of her poses right. I'd kind of nailed it, but like especially like the bike shot, it's really hard to try and. Um, get your arms popping out right, getting all your lats popping out. And, oh, your back shot's awesome. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, but, you, well, the amount of pictures that we had to take to get that one good picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes it, hey, it takes all of us that many. It's really hard to get that yeah. one. Um, so, yeah, some of the bike pictures looks as though I've got absolutely no definition in my bike. This because the angle was just not quite right. Oh, I just weren't tensing right and stuff, so... No, you, uh, been, you, you hit it real good. Well, that one, you, you got it. All the, it just takes one, right? You just got to get it yeah. right once. Um, all right, well then, so that that's good. So that's a good narrative for people to to understand that the pictures don't need to be expensive. They don't need to be with a pro. They do take time and effort, and you do have to fiddle with the lighting until you get it right. And, and it, like, you know, room to room, it just depends how much natural light's in the room and all of that stuff matters. So it's really hard to say exactly how it'll go for everybody. But this is... Uh, you know, this what you did is important for people to understand that it's doable on the cheap. Um, all right, so then, so walk us through how you got to us in the first place. Um, so I let's think. So I started with Eat Stop Eat maybe three years ago. Oh, okay. So you've been aware for aware of everything for a while. Yeah, so yeah, I got Eat Stop Eat quite a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. It was, I think it's probably around three years ago. So I've been, I've been doing the intermittent fasting for quite a while, and I didn't. So when I initially got Eat Stop Eat, and I included that into sort of my routine, I did drop quite a, a fair bit of weight over several months. Mm. So I think I started off at um, probably around thirteen stone, or so whatever that is, thirteen times fourteen pounds is, because I guess stones are. Is a UK term. No, but, no, just continue with yeah. whatever you yeah. Um And I think I dropped down to about 11 stones, so I dropped to like 28 pounds. Mm, that's a lot. Yeah, so that was probably over about six months or something. Um, and I stayed roughly around there, so I've, from from that point, I've never really been fat, but I've not been, I've not been lean either, if that makes sense. So I was kind of, I, I guess the term's like skinny fat, where you, 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 you're skinny, but you've not really got like that definition, and you've not You've not quite got abs or anything, mm-hmm. and I stayed around that area for a while. And so I've, I did have a few attempts at sort of trying to get more muscle. Um, and I did actually buy Adonis Index probably two years ago, and I kind of started it, and then got sidetracked by other things. Um, and I did get sort of led into that whole trying to um, bulk up thing, and got sidetracked by various other programs along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of got into my head about trying to get certain goals. So I was like, "Oh, I must get a, a double bodyweight deadlift." Um, oh yeah, you went in. You went in for all of the uh, everything besides just the look. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been there. So I wanted my double bodyweight deadlift. I got that, and then it was like, "Oh, I want to do a uh, hundred squats with body bodyweight on the bar." So I got that, and then it was like, "Oh, I want to press half my bodyweight with one arm." and Nearly got there with that one. That one's quite a bit more work. Um, but yeah, so I just kept getting sidetracked by goals and by like other strength goals as opposed to physique goals. And so, yeah, I guess that brings us up to sort of November, December last year. 
um, I decided I've had enough of tr- like going for strength goals because eventually I get those strength goals, but they're not really making me look much better. Like again, some size, but mostly the strength don't always seem to correlate with size. I found no, it, it correlates more with being good at that particular lift and being consistent with it. Yeah, so like it's great that I can say, well, I've d- deadlifted double my body weight or I've squatted this and whatnot, but you know, when I look in the mirror. I still look roughly the same. Mm-hmm. So I decided like November, December last year that I was going to enter into the next contest because I'd already missed uh, the AT9 one. Um, and so I start, um, I got, I bought the immersion um, and I started on, I think it was a muscle building foundation that started on sometime in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of hard work doing those five five workouts a, a week. Uh, it's quite hard going, so there's a lot of squats and whatnot in there. Did you um, run that through the whole contest, or no? So when, as I said, I started that in December, and the contest started in January. So I think when I started the contest, I was on about week seven or yeah, about week seven or eight of muscle building foundation. So I for the first few weeks of the actual contest, because I think it started on twentieth of January or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was still doing muscle building for muscle building foundation at that point, um, and then you sort of um, released all the new stuff. So you reorganized it into the category one, two, three. Yeah. Yep. Um, so at that point, I switched over, and so um, the calculator said that I should be on category three. Um, and to be honest, at that point, I'd been doing muscle building foundation for like uh, I think about nine. I think it was on like week nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point the the rep ranges get really low, like f- five reps or something. Mm-hmm. I was finding that quite physically demanding, and so I kind of welcomed the break to swap over to the category three anyway. At that point, right, right. Um, so yes, so from that point on, maybe I think the second week, yeah, about the second week of the comp- second or third week of the competition, I think it was that I switched over to the category three, and then I just followed that through to the end. Oh, that's good, and. Uh... And then, and then, did you add supplement? Did you do anything different, like add in other things, or did you just follow it as written, or did you put either cardio in, or did you put like any boosters in, or anything change? Um. So cardio wise, I think so. The first couple of weeks when I was doing muscle bounding, muscle building foundation, um, I did like one run every Saturday. So I did like a about five k run, mm-hmm. just because I. I enjoy going out for a, the odd run at the weekend just because it's, well, a bit refreshing to get up and, on a Saturday morning and go for a run. Um, and, like, last year I trained for a 10K because I've not, I've never really done much running before. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year I got convinced into running a 10K by some people at work, so I trained up to that. And so I've, since then I've just been trying to do at least one run a week just to, you know, keep that ability to at least be able to do, like, 5 to 10K. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I did a couple of runs at the beginning, and then I didn't do much cardio in the middle because I was hitting it quite hard with a category three. And I did add in, um, I added in the chest booster, and oh no, I added in the abs and arms booster, which were for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had a couple of week break, and then I added in the chest booster, but I think I only did two weeks of that because um, I started getting a bit of issues with one of my shoulders. Um, so I found that if I do too much work that hits the shoulders, one, one, I think my left shoulder is just 
it can't quite handle like a lot of volume at the moment. Mm. Did so, you injure it, or is it just? Um, I did injure it a few years. Well, not a bad injury. I, I tweaked it a couple of years ago, and it's. I've not had much issues apart from uh, until recently. I think it was like doing the muscle building foundation, which is really, really heavy, um, and a lot of volume, and then continuing on. I don't think. Like I had much chance to like give it a week off to rest because I followed straight on. So I'd been doing for, I guess like maybe twenty weeks solid. Yeah, um, at some point. Yeah, it sounds like you're. Did you, have you taken a break yet? It sounds like you're due for just a solid week off. Um. So I took. Yeah, I took maybe half a week off, like last week, uh, just after the competition ended. But um, me and my girlfriend are going on holiday um next week. So we're going on a cruise for two weeks. So I'm just going to take those two weeks off, pretty much, and just like eat, drink, and enjoy myself. Yeah, know? that's good. That's good. And that two weeks should ju- that should really help the shoulder and any other joint like fully heal from all of the yeah. all the volume. Because like you said, you've gone like a solid twenty weeks now. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah, I'm quite looking forward to having two weeks off. I think they do have a gym on the cruise that we're going on, but I don't, I'm not I sure if I'll be visiting it. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. It's, it really is worth taking time off after the type of run you just went through to, to let everything, let everything calm down. It's not like you're going to lose any, any muscle mass in that time frame. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be actually, it'll feel really good when you're done that to get back into the gym. And as a, as a little coaching note, don't go back in full steam, work back into it over a week. Yeah. And that means like half the volume you're used to, because that first workout will feel like won't feel that good. <laughs> like even yeah. though you're like well conditioned now after all of this, it'll still you still need a short ramp up after the time off. Yeah. Yeah. Even though your mind will be like, no, 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 we can do more than this. It don't like you're, you. It'll be. Yeah. It won't feel great. Uh, but okay, so that that's so that's uh, a lot of insight into the workout half. Tell us about the diet half. Obviously, everyone's going to want to know how you got that lean. Um, so mostly, as I said, I've been doing Eat, Stop, Eat for several years, so I continued that. Um, so me and my partner did fasts on Saturday. Um, so we fasted from like Friday night up until Saturday night. Mm. Um, and then we generally had like a really good meal, like a steak and chips or steak and veg or something like that, roasted veg or something like that. So you know, we, had, we really enjoyed a Saturday meal to make up for the fact that we fasted during the day. Obviously not like making up for it in terms of like eating stupid amount of calories we still you know probably i ate about maybe 800 to a thousand um my girlfriend probably ate a little bit less than that maybe 600 to 800 so we still we're still in a deficit in comparison to like we what we would have eaten during that day but you had but you had a pretty satisfying meal yeah so um and then some weeks i also did a, a 24 hour fast on usually the Wednesday as well, so like midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, but not every week, just like the weeks that I thought I could handle it. Um, but generally, um, I followed the reverse taper diet, so uh, I think initially it started off at about 1,400 calories. Um, and then towards the end, it tapered up to about 1,700, I think, 1,750. And how did that, um, that feel, like going through that? Were you, was it psychologically difficult to actually eat more, even though you're getting leaner? Um, Did not really. No, did you enjoy it? Um, I, yeah, um, I think the beginning bit was hard, like the, the, the dropping down from, I was probably at the time eating probably two and a half thousand calories, two to two and a half thousand. Oh, before the um, contest? Yeah, before the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, so to drop down to like 1,400 seemed like quite a big drop, so I had to, 
I was using the My Fitness Pal, and like me and my girlfriend were literally just like weighing absolutely everything mm. and being like really pedantic about it. Um, but obviously, yeah, she, like yeah, she related the same story. Now she said she ate smaller meals throughout the day because it just fit for her. What did you do? Um, I so we've been tending to eat the same thing in the evening, so I'd been making up like the extra calories that I were eating on top of what she was sort of during the day. So I'd, I'd be having bigger breakfast and lunch um, than she was. And then we'd eat roughly the same in the evening. I might have a slightly bigger portion because like, obviously I think she was eating like between 800 and a thousand a day. Whereas I was eating like 1,400 to 500, etc. Mm-hmm. Um So to obviously not make her feel real bad that I've got a massive plate full of food and she's just got like a tiny little portion. Mm. Um, I sort of ate the extra calories mostly in the day. So, oh, that's very that's very uh, considerate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's tough. I was talking to her. It's tough to get this kind of transformation done if you're the person you live with isn't on board. Yeah. So I think, but because both of us were doing the competition together, because I initially convinced her, because I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to be doing this, and it'd be really helpful, like for me." if you did the Venus one, because I know she was on a, she'd been talking about going on a diet and getting in shape. And I was like, well, you know, if you, if you commit to do this competition, it's going to keep you on track because, you know, you've, you've got like this 12 week period where you committed to, to doing the best you possibly can. And even if like you tail off a bit after that, you know, if you can lose like 20 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever in those 12 weeks, then at least that stands you in good stead for like afterwards. Yeah, um, it's so still progress, right? It doesn't like it, it's still better than twelve weeks ago. Exactly. So yeah, she agreed to that, and she said, yeah, "Okay, I'll give that a go, and you know, see how it goes." Um, and so yeah, doing it together, I think, really helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like a few times because we were eating really low calories and working hard in the gym, we did bicker a bit about some things. Oh uh, yeah, that'll know. come up. Lo- <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. <clears throat> everyone across the board can report that. If you're going low calories uh, for any extended period of time, you lose, you will have a shorter patience. That's just sort of universally across the board happens to people. Yeah. So yeah, a few. Yeah, I think I think a few times we we yeah we had a few little arguments, but no, nothing crazy or anything. So. Did you anticipate that? Did you even know that was going to happen? Or now that you look back, it's obvious that's why. Or yeah, I think looking back, it's obvious now. Maybe. Like before I started, I didn't really envisage it, but because um, we, I mean, we don't we we tend to get on quite well. We don't really argue that much. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I'd, both both of our tempers sort of shortened a bit because we were eating like really low and in quite a deficit, including like all the exercise. So, mm-hmm. I think mostly we just, especially if we'd had like a a bad day, we were at work as well. On top of not eating much and exercising, we just got a bit grumpy and, but. Hey, we made it through it, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I I think I've – I don't think I've ever really pointed that out. I don't think it's come up in a podcast yet, but that's that's like that's like very consistent. Anyone who's dieting – who has gone a diet is probably shaking – is probably nodding their head saying, oh, yeah, I remember that happening. It's even – and now if only one person's going through this, the other person gets like – it's even harder when two people are doing it because then both people's patients are sh- – you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, but then I guess it's fair because both of you are doing it to each other, whereas if only one person's dieting, the one person's patients are short but the other one isn't. So it's 
it's just it kind of sucks both ways but at least you know like anyone listening if you're going to do this that's going to happen at some point so just be aware of it and then anybody you're with just tell them look it's, i'm not doing this on purpose it's just what it's like being in a deficit so if anything you probably had a little bit more understanding for the other person when they lost their patience because you you know what it feels like versus if they're the only one dieting and you're sitting there wondering what's wrong with them because you don't know what it feels like so um, but that's uh, that's 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 very important for people listening to understand. All right. So, well, your pictures are really. What did you think when you actually just looked at your comparison pictures? To be honest, I was amazed because I mean, when we took his initial photos, I didn't realize we looked like we did. I knew we went in shape, but like, I felt really bad when I looked at my girlfriend's pictures. Like, I can't believe that you're that fat because I've never really seen her as fat. So. Like I knew we were both a, a little bit overweight, but um, like, well, I I won't say overweight, but just out of shape. Mm. Um, and she felt really bad when she looked at the pictures because she was like, "I can't believe I look like that." And I went, "I can't believe I look like that either." Why didn't you tell me I had a belly? Neither <laughs> of you were telling each other anything. You're just yeah. Okay. Was that um, awkward? Was that awkward when you guys looked at your own pictures and then each other's pictures and then sort of together? And what's the psychology at that point? Um, I'm not sure. I guess because we took so we took our individual photos, and then we decided to take a, a photo of us together as well. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I think she, you or her, sent those. I uh, if you don't mind, I want to post those on the blogs. That would be great. Yes, yeah, I'll yeah, I'll sort them out. Um, so yeah, we decided that if we took a picture of us together and a picture of us at the end, then we'd have a really good comparison of how we've done together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, we took the photos together, and yeah. And then the I after. Guess we, so, what did you think when you see your your actual comparison side by side, like your before, your after? Uh, I think, to be honest, we were both really amazed. We were just like, "Wow, we can't believe that!" So, twelve weeks is that's that's all the difference was between these two pictures. Because mm-hmm. we, I mean, we just look dramatically different. And oh, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think our individual our individual photos are a lot better than a, like because we only by the time we took. Um, sort of a, a photo together we'd already spent like maybe four or five hours taking photos individually of each of us so we were absolutely knackered <laughs> oh yeah so you're just sick of it at that point when you did the, yeah. the, 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 the couple's photo yeah Yeah. so we just like set the camera on time and we took maybe three shots and yeah. Yeah. that was it it was like yeah we can't be bothered anymore <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, I hear you it's tough you have all the best intentions and then when you get halfway through it you just want it to end yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I mean we were we were both extremely pleased with our results and obviously because we'd done all the photos ourselves then we had to do all the developing ourselves as well so I guess that's another thing that if you do it yourself um, we we got um, a copy of a, a trial copy of um, is it Adobe Lightroom mm-hmm. which is like a cut down Photoshop I guess oh yeah just like the bare bones yeah so we, we use that to like develop the photo so you, you got to like I don't know, tweak oh, you- just pull out the definition and stuff like that. Yeah, so you have to tweak. Yeah, we would just like tweak the, the like the shadows and the highlights or whatever, mm-hmm. and that just like it basically just like takes your photos to like that, that professional level. That if you got a professional photographer to take the photos, they do all that tweaking for you. Yeah, and so for anyone who's doing this, the simple and it, it, you can do it on iPhoto on a Mac too. And there's just two or three things you do. You just mess. You, pull the contrast over 
So for anybody listening, if you want to make the definition pop in the after picture, work with the contrast. What else do you work with? Um, there's three or four settings. Uh, there's a one called I think I think there's one actually called definition and one called shadow. And uh, between the three, you don't always have to push them too far because you can you can yeah, you can up, ruin the photo. You can ruin it too, but you can always <laughs> yeah. sharpen it up a bit. And some people are like, oh, well, that's editing the photo. What do you do that for? But I'm like, no, well, not really. Just because the the default setting, just because you can make it better than the default setting, there's nothing wrong with that. I would say take it as far as you can take it, because it's it's still your body. It's just light. So yeah, that, that's so what the, I tell people. I mean, put it this way: no amount of Photoshop on your before photo can make you look like that after photo. <laughs> right? Definitely like, not. It's not like we can play around with the contrast in your before, and all of a sudden you just look like you do in those afters. That's that's not the case. The case is all the definitions there. We just need to get it to come out now. Yeah. So I mean, the the camera that. So I use I use the competition and our upcoming holidays and excuse to buy myself a nice Nikon camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the photos that it takes are like a raw format. So the whole idea is that you have to do like the developing like you would if you use like proper photography. Oh, film. I see. You, like based on the setting of the camera, it's not going to pick this stuff up. Yeah. So it just I think the 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 image format basically is what the sensor sees, but. Normally, when you take a photo with like a point and shoot camera, it does all that developing for you with like default settings. But the oh, idea is, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. Yeah. So a proper like um, professional camera, like a digital SLR, you get like the raw data, and then you have to manually do all that developing yourself. Although you can just go in like um, Adobe Lightroom and just say auto, and it'll just do all the sort of the default what it thinks is the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, the default settings aren't the ones that are going to make you look like brilliant. No, no, they'll yeah, because the yeah. blacks won't be black and the, yeah, they'll take the they'll high... take a lot away from what could be there. Let's say it yeah. that way. Yeah. So well, that that that's actually that's a really good that's a good point too. So you have got to become a little bit of aware of what you're doing with with your camera and then with your shadowing at the end. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe next contest we'll even do a little tutorial on that, just so people can present themselves their best because. I mean, you might as well. And when you get to the end, you want to show off exactly how how good it can look. So, I mean, I, I encourage that for sure. Just learn your camera. Learn how to, like, bring out the definition in those final pictures. Um, and if people think it's cheating, go ahead and try to do it in your before. And you'll realize there's nothing you can do with your body in the before picture to make it look any better. It's nah, I had Yeah, I had to play with that. And actually, it tends to just make you look worse, if anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, if you don't want any more definition in those before pictures. Yeah. If you can, you just want to blur yourself out completely. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're on to the end here. What uh, what advice do you have for any guys that are in the community now that are thinking about the next contest? Um, I'd say that... Probably consistency is really the key, especially with the diet. Because, I mean, I had a few blowouts where I, I had a terrible day at work and I just overate. Um, but you can't let that get you down. You've got to, you know, either just continue on as though it never happened or a couple of days later make up for it with a fast or something. Um, but, you know, you just got to keep on track, I think. And same with the workouts. A couple of times I missed a workout. I think, like, partway through, both me and my girlfriend got ill. I think perhaps just because we were in a calorific deficit and working really hard. Mm. Um, I think your immune system drops a little bit. Um, so we both got ill maybe about halfway, about week six or something like that. So we both pretty much had nearly a week off. Uh, I skipped maybe three out of 
five workouts or something like that. Um, but you've just got to jump back in and just carry on with it, really. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, my goal is that I'm just going to keep being consistent and hopefully, you know, I'll be as big as some of the guys that won this this time and in previous competitions. So. Yep. All right. Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, that's that's always a, the re, the recurring theme is consistency. And, and like you said, get back on the horse when something doesn't work because it's never a smooth ride. There's always, like, bumps in the road, but... I mean, your pictures prove that you can even get sick right in the middle of it and have a couple bad days eating and you still get there. Yeah. I mean, I think most people go through the same thing. I, I think it's hard to be in a calorific deficit, work your ass off in the gym and and not be running the risk that if somebody in the office has got a cold that you're not going to catch it. So Yeah, you might you're right. You might you might be in a state where you're slightly weaker. So, got to be yeah. careful. All right, well, that's a great place to leave it. I think I think we're good. Are you good? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot. So for Chris Ragg, I'm John Barber, and that is your Adonis Index podcast.